Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Daniel Bryan still rules, uh, Monday Night Raw still sucks, and a certain WWE superstar has a message for JCB and Two Beer Zach. Oh. Hello, I'm WWE superstar Samoa Joe, here to warn you about the dangers of excess. You see, there can be too much of a good thing, and like in most things in life, you, Jason. is key. Now you see, you can make some really good choices. You can choose to have a couple of these, go out with your friends, enjoy yourself, maybe even call it a night. Or you can choose to have 14 of these and wake up in jail. That is if you're fortunate enough to wake up at all. Wake wake it up. Wake up at all, he said. I ain't going to sleep yet. Choice is clear. 14, right? Drink responsibly. No, it's 14. 14 some shots. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. <laughs> 14 beers, Zach Paul. I switch it up a little bit. I was about to say, he didn't say anything about shots. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. I, as always, I am your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. your commander and beefer. <laughs> and to my right, as always, we have two beers, Zach Bowman. What's going on, two beer? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, it's, it's pretty good advice. Uh, I am uh, usually two beer, Zach. I'm no beer, Zach now. I am five days sober. Woo. I'm very small and I have no money. So you can imagine the kind of stress I am under. Uh, well, I hate to uh, finish this beer in front of you, but uh, I'll good. give you my shit. To his right, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Allow us to break down the good book of Band from Ringside, Volume 84, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Shout out to my girl, Becky Balboa. I did not know you were going sober. This what what is What's going on? Did you lose a bet? I mean, nah, I mean, I think my, somebody wife, got pictures on my you? life was going the way of Jeff Hardy's, except I wasn't like getting more attractive as I aged and a multimillionaire, uh, but just all the negative mm. stuff. Okay, right on. It's okay. Wow. And his right, <laughs> sitting to my left, we have Murray, the Murray man. Murray, what's going on, Murray man? What's up? Uh, I wanted to make sure everybody knows, even though they're going to be listening to this later, that for next week and previous weeks, we are live on all sorts of social media right now. Find us on all sorts of social I media, I think we please. finally got it. Twitter and Periscope, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Look them up. And I also shared it in our my personal stuff, Friends of BFR on Facebook. So it's yeah. all over. And what's there. our YouTube channel? Banned from Ringside. That's it, baby. Find <laughs> us everywhere. We, get, say we keep it simple for we you, We are people. coming at you from the chilly, uh, from the exquisite Shock City Studios in chilly St. Louis, Missouri. We have Andrew Bushway turning the knobs tonight, our favorite <laughs> Mr. Engineer, Wally Pipps in the house. Mr. Wally Pipp, as, as Jason likes to call him. Uh, before we get too far into it, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight, uh, not like last week where uh, we did a <laughs> Q&A. And you know what? We had a bunch of fun with the Q&A last fun. week, and I think that we should make that a semi-regular thing. Yeah, we got a couple of questions left over that I still want to answer from you guys, so thank you for that. And those. we will attack those in the odds and ends, but before we get too far into it, we're talking about that day one-ish sponsor, Soul Taco, that Korean-Mexican fusion food that you didn't know that you needed, but you... Trust me, when you have it, you will need it again. It is so good, guys. They have that. Uh, they got places in 
the U-City Loop, two food trucks driving around St. Louis area, Chesterfield, Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, Champaign, Illinois, two in Chicago, Illinois at this point. Uh, there's one, another one. Naperville? Naperville. Uh, so find them, and when you go in there, tell them the band from Ringside sent you. They have uh, those spicy pork Korean burritos. They got tacos. They got quesadillas. They got those kimchi fries. <laughs> Trust me, guys. We're not blowing smoke kimchi when we fries. say that oh, it's the Jesus. best. It's 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 the best fast casual food that you can have, period. So and the best now. pizza that you can have, period, especially in South City, St. Louis, Missouri is JJ Twigs on Southampton. It is a great place to catch a pizza. You might catch me there on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. Sometimes I go there and I like to watch the sports. By himself. Uh, uh, sometimes I like to go by myself. Sometimes, sometimes I'll invite sometimes I'll invite, you know, somebody, like maybe my wife or something. J Bell never gets invited. Yeah, don't, I, don't, no, don't, it could never happen. Nope. 2019. Uh, only time I've with Jason. But it is it's <laughs> delicious pizza, guys. Delicious appetizers. If you want to go there and watch a blues game, it's a great place to watch a blues game. It's a family friendly atmosphere. If you sit at the bar and you curse quietly, it's a great place to watch a game. <laughs> you don't have to curse well, that quietly. Know. I'm not trying to act like you have to curse that quietly, but I curse there. But I mean, it's it's Shit. fucking great, right. guys. Go get yourself some JJ Twigs. If you slide into our DMs, we do have some JJ Twigs uh, gift cards to hand out, and we're not. There's no contest for them or anything. Just say to us, "Hey, send me a JJ Twigs gift card, and I will personally put it in the mail for you." And when I say personally, I mean that I will assign my wife to put it in the mail for you because <laughs> I will. I, I will. Well, it. I will forget to do it for a couple of days, and my wife will be like, "You're supposed to send that," and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, shit. Sorry, that's why it's sitting on the mantle." Thanks, so, babe. <laughs> uh, without further ado, let's get. In- Get into our three count. Two beer. Stars off with the one count. Uh, one count is uh, one of the only good parts of WWE programming, at least main roster WWE programming uh, lately, which is the new Daniel Bryan. Ooh. And I never would have thought that it could be the new and improved, but uh, it definitely seems to be the new and improved. And interestingly, uh, he makes his introduction on Miz TV, which is a funny dynamic based on the their irony. history. The yeah. irony does not escape me. Where, I mean, Miz has been kind of like borderline babyface for a while anyway. Everybody loves him, even though he plays a heel. Um, and it's he does just, get the vote. The vocal males definitely do love Miz. Yes. He get like he gets cheers. And, uh, you know, he's really good at turning that around, but it's just really funny uh, to watch him um, interview D. Bry. And interestingly enough, you know, Brian's doing the thing where he turns on the fans, which is classic, you know, heel shit 101. But what's kind of interesting about this one is uh, I don't know if it's his version of just playing himself up of like, you know, because we hear that thing about, you know, the best superstars are the ones that are their own person to 110%, 150%, whatever. So Daniel Bryan's version of a heel is a vegan who's worried about climate change. Like, worried worried about... Plastic you know, water bottles, shit yeah, the, like that. The planet being ruined, and, you know, he's blaming the fans for their mass consumption and their mass of plastic water bottles and their mass consumption of meat, which leads to methane, and uh, it's... The GMOs. Yeah, it's really funny, uh, I mean, but it works. Like He's having so much fun with it. As much as they've done so many turns, and the turns almost don't even mean anything for most of these people, 
I think Daniel Bryan's turn has been effective, and I really like this angle. Well, he's been a he's been a babyface since uh, WrestleMania since thirty one. A year before WrestleMania thirty was WrestleMania 30. thirty was the one where he had where he won the two matches and he ended up on top of everybody at the end where he beat Batista and Daniel Bryan or Batista and Randy Orton. So he's been uh he's been a babyface for 5 years and he got over as a heel doing I mean the yes 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 thing came from him going no 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 yeah. when people used to cheer for him. Um I I you can tell how much fun he's having and it's so refreshing. I mean as much as people love Daniel Bryan he was a babyface for so long that he had to be a heel at some point. I mean, the only people that avoid being heels for so long are John Cena and basically John Cena. I mean, even Roman Reigns was a heel when the Shield came up, and so it's great. I mean, I think that I, it's easy to say that you like heel Daniel Bryan more than babyface Daniel Bryan, even though I think that the 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 peak of all wrestling is when you're a baby face and you can get every single jaded cynical wrestling fan in the entire arena still doing yes 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 with you (laughs) which is what daniel bryan had at the at his apex at wrestlemania 30 and afterwards at a certain point he had to turn heel and it's a new character for him he's not going back into his old uh heel character which i appreciate and i'm it, it like you said he's Definitely having a ton of fun with it. He's definitely the best thing. Uh, him and him slash Becky Lynch are definitely the best things about WWE television. Standing right now on uh, December the sixth, two thousand eighteen, champions of SmackDown. So something actually does make sense in WWE right now. Right. I know. What do you think, JCB? I agree with everything that's said up into. Well, more so to The Miz as a babyface. I can't disagree anymore. This whole Shane McMahon uh, Survivor Series angle has totally been forgotten, not only in the fact that Shane was supposed to come out and make changes after Survivor Series, after the sweep on SmackDown, but more importantly, how Miz kept throwing Shane into situations time after time after time to where it looked like there was going to be some sort of set up to where Shane would get pinned and then Miz would survive. That's not babyface. That's heel 24-7, heel 101. All Miz wanted from Daniel Bryan is to say that I'm right. You had to come to my way of thinking and do whatever you had to do to get to the title. Eventually, he comes out and says it, but that's not what a baby face does. Baby faces are, you know, hey, you know, you, you know, congratulations, you know, you fought the good fight, you know, you climbed the mountain and you know, you're at the mountaintop. That, that's not Miz. Miz is like, look, motherfucker, though you did wrong, admit you've done wrong, come over to the dark side. He's the emperor, dare I say, or Darth but Vader he, to Luke Skywalker. His words and his actions, but his reactions, like, that's what I'm getting at. Like, he's like, he's playing a heel. But he like is a baby face, and he's like a face of he's the company. Cool, he's a cool heel. Yeah, like he's. There's he's, no question about that. I'm just saying that let's let's not get it ultimately twisted. If the right situation comes up, which I think it will, oh, will always cheat. No, well, cheat, steal, lie, whatever. In this case, betrayal. That knife that Miz has behind his back is going to end up in Daniel Bryan's well, back. We, at some we point. were talking about Daniel Bryan, though. Do you have any thoughts about Daniel Bryan or? 
this is Daniel Bryan 2.0. I have no problem with this. It's different, like you said. Uh, like I said, I agree with everything you, said, you like guys Daniel said up Bryan to this point. 4.0. Whatever. It's different than the yes heel Daniel Bryan guy that we had before. This is like Two Beer said. This is more, I think, of what he feels times 100,000, you know, million percent. It's just he's more amped about it. It's more over the top. And that's what I think wrestling is to begin with and now that he's done it he's gotten the crowd against him which took two weeks i'm surprised it took two weeks but oh uh, there he, he had he had a meeting the, out of the palm of his hand by the end of smackdown after he attacked aj styles the second time and he stood up and made the uh ring announcer say the new world or the new daniel bryan is the world heavyweight champion that's when i, I was like okay he's officially gotten over his heel so he was so good on commentary and but let me ask you this: uh, How do you feel about Daniel Bryan saying to Byron Saxton, "I see how much chicken you eat." You know, uh, considering the fact that <laughs> I consume chicken at least once a week, I can't necessarily once a week. Uh, yeah, I eat chicken like four times a week. Okay, well then you're, you're the honorary black guy. I mean, damn, you know, nice, I, I, nice. I, I can film consume my body with other diseases and. You know, God forbid what else is going in this body, toxins and all that other good stuff. But it's funny. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sh- I'm willing to let that I'm one wondering if he, Gonorrhea. if he okay. said that. Uh, based, if, I wonder if he said that to get some heel heat, or I wonder if, like, that was, like, something that Vince was like, tell Byron to eat chicken. No, I bet, no, I bet, I bet Byron really eats actually a ton of chicken. Uh, Murray, what do you think? Uh, kind of the same thing. I mean, really, I, I think he's comfortable being Daniel Bryan in a WWE ring right now. He's he's clearly passionate about those issues and he's taking something that isn't like you guys said isn't a bad thing, but he amped it up to the point and put that little bit of a heel twist to it. He was that probably he could run like a motherfucker with that. He was probably also feeling pretty bored as a baby. Fan. He abs- I, I guarantee he looked bored. Yeah, he looked he bored the yeah. entire time he looked he's been bored back. as a general manager. Or- the day the day he came yeah. back and and you know, did the turnbuckle kicks to whoever it was when he was cleared to wrestle right. for the first time. He looked Shoot, on was fire. That? He was on fire that He was night. fucking rock hard like he Dupree. Was. He was full Dupree. Yeah. Shit, Dupree's then, not even rock hard. Are you kidding me? But then every every time we saw him after that, no, he was the, bored as fuck. Little known fact, when he came back and was hitting guys on the dirt. Turnbuckle, Debris Dick head. was the turnbuckle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've been using Debris Dick for fucking years over there. But I mean, it is, I mean, a- after watching, and we'll get into how bad Ross sucked later, or we don't have to, but I, I can't tell if, if SmackDown's so good because Ross sucks so bad, and then you turn on SmackDown and it's like, oh, here's actually something I want to watch because that Miz TV segment was great. Um, the Becky Asuka Charlotte segment at the beginning of it's the decent, SmackDown yeah. was great. Yeah. Like yeah, Asuka, surprisingly, Asuka deciding to start uh, yelling at people in Japanese is cool. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah. Like that's like just that's her. just write it. Yeah, I mean, it, you're not going to lose an audience if a Japanese character yells at somebody in Japanese for five seconds. Right. You're not going to lose the audience. doing a 30 minute promo. I mean, you don't even need to know the, you don't even need to know the language to know what she, what she's saying. Oscar's pissed. That's all I need to know. Okay. That, that translates into any form or faction. And, and it was really Daniel Bryan's show on SmackDown. Like he was, he ran throughout the entire episode. His, the commentary, like we said, was great. The beatdown at the end was great. It just it just shows that SmackDown. We always come back to this like every few months. 
that SmackDown does a lot more with a lot less. Oh, yeah. Which maybe thinks that, like, Raw has an embarrassment of riches and maybe it should just be a two-hour show. It's never going to be a two-hour show. At third I hour, know, but it's just so it's much ca- money. It's kind of like, you know, there are some people that if you give them too many choices, they have a hard time making the choice. But if they have a choice between heads or tails, they can make a choice. You know what I mean? And okay, that's how I feel like SmackDown is. Okay, like, so- if you have to make more of little, if you have to be more creative with less, you can Ultimately, who makes the final call? I heard Vince has been out of SmackDown for a long time, though. Like that Vince, Vince is he had this XFL okay, but, thing going on. Okay, this week. so let's just let's just focus on Raw for thirty seconds. Who makes the final call? Vince. Okay, so and I also oh, and he actually has rewritten the last two shows himself. That's that's also <laughs> what I heard about Raw is yeah. that Vince. I was just gonna say that. That's funny you said that. That Vince has rewritten the last two Raws and said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do them myself and has rewritten them and worst ratings of all time. Apparently the yeah, the, the, yeah. the tag match between Ronda and Ember Moon and Nia Jackson Tamina that headlined uh Raw this week was the lowest rated Raw segment of all time. Now that that seems hard to believe to me. Yeah. It, it really does seem hard to believe. If you talk about the lowest segment of all time, <laughs> I can think going, of a couple. <laughs> I mean going back when did Raw start? 93? 93. Yeah, they so did a one point six one. It was just really low. I mean, that's like that's, that's like the amount of listeners that we get. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'd say you know, we just gotta, a couple, you gotta start somewhere. One one point six one million. Just a couple, listeners. just I mean, like one point six million listeners. But um, Daniel Bryan's definitely uh, he his. Sh- it always goes back to what Chris Jericho said about him a long time ago. I trust Daniel Bryan to get over because the guy's gotten over everywhere. And uh, that'll bring us to our two count. Two count today is uh, something that I was thinking about. Uh, I guess it was today's Thursday, so it was yesterday. I was thinking about Drew and Dolph Ziggler in their segment on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Monday Night Raw at one point became a Drew McIntyre appreciation night. Jesus fucking Christ. Um so, of course, Drew comes out after Baron Corbin puts him over. Big video package on how great Drew McIntyre is, blah, blah, blah. Drew comes out to accept this, I guess, metal medallion, some piece of shit that they look like they got out of some machine or whatever. Here's your um, medal of appreciation, whatever the case may be. Just a side note, if you wanted to do a medal, you should have him take Kurt Angle's medal. That would have gave him more heat. That way you'd already have him... Retiring, and he just beat him. He just re- just beat him. You were closely to retire him, and let, now let I this guy have book the, territory. the skin in my hand. But let another story for another time. Let him book the territory. So of course now Dolph comes out and seems like he's bitter about the whole thing. What about me? What did I brought you here? I'm the brains behind the organization. Blah blah blah. Drew smacks him in the face with a dose of reality. I'm the brains and the brawn. I just use you to get on top, and now look at me. I'm on top of the mountain. Okay, all of this is perfect. Where I have the problem with this is the booking of the match. That match isn't a raw match. It is a pay-per-view match. It is set up to be so. There's 
we know what's going to happen when Dolph meets Finn. Chances probably that Finn True. is going True. to probably lose. So if you're going to play this game, take Finn out. Sorry, Finn, I love you. Put Dolph in, True. build it up to the uh, TLC card, and then play it out. Now, the second part, the even bigger, like the kick in the nuts, dare I say the Shinsuke Nakamura of this bitch, you kick him and it still doesn't help. You kick him in the nuts by having Drew lose. He loses for the first time on Raw by pinfall submission for the first time to Dolph Ziggler? Come on, man. Not If you're going to do it, then do it on the pay-per-view. Don't give it away for free. Build it up the right fucking way. You got all kinds of ways to do this. You choose to do it the lazy way. Give us an okay match. But now all of a sudden, you've gotten to where Drew wins. Dolph is not... I mean, I'm sorry, Drew loses. He's no longer undefeated. Dolph wins a match that he doesn't need. What not about Finn Balor? If you wanted to give it up and you wanted to play like that, have Finn Balor win that match. Maybe you can get Finn Balor over. Give him a little push. God forbid he's the first universal champion of all time, but another story for another time. There's just The whole thing just bugs me because it's just lazy shit. There's two or three things that are good about Raw. This might have been one of them, but they took the lazy way out. I thought it was interesting that at least Finn was in two segments on Raw, but you know, whatever. But yeah, I don't I, look, man. I love both of those guys. Um, Drew significantly more, in my opinion, than Dolph Ziggler. I wanted Dolph Ziggler to become a massive star, and they just kept kind of juggling him around, and it almost he's made real, me lose interest. He's on a really him. good hand. You, he's you never were the guy, that guy. You were the guy, probably just like me, figuratively, uh, in the background of Raw that was always holding that sign that said "Push Ziggler." For real? <laughs> no, honestly, honestly. I, was, I was too because he's a talker. He he's got a, a personality. No matter what character they he's, they put he, him in, he's for a, a long great time, wrestler. For a long time, he's been the best bumper. Yeah. No, he's great. He's got like that little bit of Shawn Michaels, a little bit of some of the greats of the past. Yeah. But at this point, after they gave him, what was it, the U.S. title on SmackDown, and he just put it on the thing and just walked away and they did nothing with that. I just, don't get me started. Now, now, yeah, I've been more interested since then putting him and Drew together, but I agree with Jason. That was not a Raw match. That was a pay-per-view match. That is something they've been working towards building this entire time like they were with The Shield, too. This is a build that, and then, yeah, they'll probably still somehow do it in a pay-per-view, but they'll add somebody else like Finn or somebody, and it won't make any sense. I'll play devil's advocate here. Do it. So um, it, this wasn't ideal, but Raw is hurting for baby faces. They need baby faces, and right now their top baby faces are Finn, Elias, and nobody else. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, who oh, was, no. I mean, Seth Rollins is kind of in the, he, he's kind of in the thing of his own right but now. he's a baby face. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so those are the three top baby faces. Right. Is there another one? The next one would be like Apollo Crews. Ronda. <laughs> Ronda, yeah, but in this I'm, scenario. I'm talking, I'm talking about men. Yeah. Um, oh, so they shit. had, they had, that, that'd be a nice, that'd be a nice <laughs> little, uh, like if you could play this. I'm talking about men. <laughs> uh, Full on Dupree over here. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but they need to make another baby face. Um, I, and Vince is not against doing a short-term thing to have a baby face right there in that moment. Now, what really weirded me out about this was that Dolph won. Dolph won the match. Dolph beat Drew McIntyre. So I don't, I don't think that Vince really has any plans for Dolph going forward. But... <laughs> 
Go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. I was playing. I was playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I, I forgot where I was. Okay. <laughs> See, go ahead. Take the time. The match wasn't that bad. I'm not saying the match was the bad. Ma- the match was fine. I wish that that would have been a 17 minute WWE, the equivalent of a WWE barn burner between Drew and Dolph Ziggler, because we know that if Drew and Dolph Ziggler were given 17 minutes. They could they could do it. So what they they got like thirteen minutes. No, and it wasn't good. It ma- was not a bad match. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a it was a bad match. The only reason that made it it was a bad match is because it was stuck in the middle of a shitty ass raw that nobody gave the fuck about, and they killed that raw audience right at the beginning with the first two segments that were identical yep. with uh, women best friends who were fighting with. Five other different women. It sucked. Yeah. Well, that's good. They they keep lumping them all together like that instead of actually using them properly. So it's gonna suck well, just, when you start I mean, off the wh- show that way. I mean, time. yes. It start sucks. us off with a fucking match. They did. Oh, you re- before anyone speaks. No, they did. <laughs> it's just too, well, they did. The best raw of the last year was when they did that gauntlet match. Yeah. Yep. Where with all six guys that were going to be in, or all five guys that were going to be in that. uh the, the I think I can't remember what pay per view it was, but it was that gauntlet match where Seth Rollins went for like an hour and ten minutes oh, or yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. That 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 was the best Raw of the last year, and I'm not going to disagree with that. But that just go that's that's to my point. Okay, I was playing devil's advocate. Of yeah, course, no, I, you, agree, you, I, I agree with you. I was okay. going to play I'll go, devil's advocate. I'll go off to the I'll go off the reservation. Please, Zach. oh shit! And I think this is even more accurate than anything, oh. which is. Um, Buckle up. It doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter to us because nobody's going to remember this Monday who won, lost, and they're not going to remember, and it's definitely not going to affect how they write next week. Doesn't matter. They don't fucking care. But check us out next week on (laughs) the Bantering Podcast, everybody. Make sure you guys check us out next week. Just because they don't give a shit doesn't mean I'm not going to give a shit. Oh, I know. But I'm just saying they don't don't care, man. That's what's called exposing the podcast business. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm not going to be that. Of course nobody cares. No, I'm not going to be that cynical. Our commentary on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown is more entertaining than Raw and SmackDown. So keep listening to (laughs) us to get your No, no. It's more entertaining than Raw. SmackDown actually has their shit together. Yeah, right. Raw is, is a whole Look, I'm being humble about it. We're better Smackdown than everything, is, WWE. Yeah, right. Smackdown is good. Raw is just on a whole nother level of train like, wreck. Jason's dick is 12 inches. like, nah, nah, it's only nine. <laughs> <laughs> just to say, Becky, don't you say a word. <laughs> I really had a joke. Yeah. I'm not going to say it. Say it. No, I, no say I'm not, not going to say the joke. Do it. Uh, so. Uh, that'll bring us to our three counts. Got jokes at the start. Now you got jokes now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the three counts going to be something a little outside the ring, but something that has to do with um, uh, the NXT Takeover at WrestleMania weekend, which is in Ooh. Brooklyn. Ooh. And the they the they have moved that back from Saturday night to Friday night. They made the official announcement that Takeover will be on Friday night. And it seems to be in reaction to the Madison Square Garden show that's going to be at the New Japan slash Ring of Honor Supercard at Madison Square Garden. So uh, the first thing that struck me is I wonder if they did it. There's two reasons why they would have done that. The first one, the more cynical one, is that <laughs> they were worried about uh, ticket sales or viewership, which 
seems to me a little short-sighted because I don't think there's any way they're not going to sell out the whatever ballroom it is in Brooklyn for NXT because NXT Barclays Center. Is NXT at the Barclays Center? Yeah, it's probably it's probably a safe bet. Okay, what's the name of the ballroom there that they they do the uh, ones? The Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah, the Hammerstein Ballroom. So it's at the Barclays Center. So that's that's huge. Uh, so it's probably not ticket sales. What I think it is is that they want to be the only wrestling thing in town for that night, the biggest wrestling thing in town for that night. If it if they go on Saturday night, then all of a sudden they're competing hashtags with the New Japan slash ROH thing. Thoughts, Jason? It, it makes sense. Um, I didn't think of it that way in the, in the sense of competition. Well, I shouldn't say that because it, it feels like... It has to be competition, though. Why else would they do it? There was one thing that was brought up. Uh, Melter brought it up uh, this week, which uh, actually makes sense. Uh, they usually do the Hall of Fame on Friday, TakeOver Saturday, WrestleMania Sunday, if they're inducting The Rock and he can only be there Saturday. I did know. hear that same thing, that uh, Rock and Taker were the, the two next ones up, and they, they, were, they were not going to do, like, five or six inductees. They were just going to do those two oh, and just let them just go for, like, a half hour, half hour. If it's, like, an hour, let's just say the Hall of Fame is an hour. Epic. Rock gets one half, Taker gets the other half, and that's it. Okay, yeah. so if, that, if that's the case, then let's just – Play devil's advocate. Let's just say Dave Meltzer is right. Now this starts to make a little more sense because the Hall of Fame is not necessarily the big draw to begin with. Hall of Fame can kind of lag for an extended period of time. It's become less and less of a draw over okay, the past so, years. And it does drag, and it's it's late, and all your talent has to be there. Yeah, and like, let's just unless say— Unless it was last year when no it, one, for me, everyone left. Okay, yeah. let's just say for me, if it's not somebody that I really like— Chances are I'm not going to watch the Hall of Fame, and I watch a shit ton of wrestling. It's a bunch of meaningless wrestling, and I watch that. So, I mean, last one I watched was Kurt Angle. That was, what, two or three years ago? The milk, okay? man. Right. So, <laughs> anyway, if you do it like you said, put takeover. Right? No, no, last year was Jarrett and... Yeah, it was last two year was ago. Angle, and then be, then he became he came out... It was the, t- I thought it was two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago. He came out after WrestleMania and became GM. That it was, was two years that ago. That was two years ago. He was he was the GM last year. This just then Bill lost a year of his life. Okay, seventeen. Do it the way Bill said. Uh, well, not Bill said, but do it the way Vince wants to do it. Put it on. Put Takeover on Friday, so that way you get top billing. Takeover is always going to do well. Everybody anticipates it like a freaking dog salivating. You know, it's uh, food. Saturday, you can give Saturday away. Well, I was going to say them even, do even it, if they did, and it then because, Sunday you get uh, even if they did it because of NJPW slash ROH. Like it's just good business. Just be the top. Dog dog on that Friday night, you don't have to well, worry about anything else. Yeah. And I think really, <laughs> and this is probably nowhere near true, but in my opinion, they're probably putting a day between TakeOver and WrestleMania because TakeOver always fucks up whatever pay-per-view they have the next day. So There's they need a big too. deep breath. Yeah. Yeah, it'll they make... need a deep breath that everybody will kind of forget about Maybe, NXT. Yeah, totally, because every time you look up, it's like, NXT <laughs> TakeOver is the day before, and I'm coming into whatever pay-per-view it is, you know, with my arms folded, like, okay, motherfuckers, what y'all there's, gonna do? There's no way they're gonna let NXT TakeOver in any way, shape, or form, and as much as I hate to use this term, trump WrestleMania. Ooh. You know what I mean? They're, they're, even though it wouldn't, and it never will, WrestleMania is a completely different spectacle. But as far as wrestling fans go, NXT is always going to beat whatever WWE puts out. I think that whenever whenever people like us talk about, and when I say us, I mean wrestling hipsters, which yeah, is yeah. what we are. Like whenever we talk about it, I think that we put, we put way too much stock into how how they 
how WWE cares about what we think about WrestleMania, which is probably well, very they don't li- care. They, they don't care what we think about WrestleMania at all. Thing, yeah. If they cared about what we thought about WrestleMania at all, they wouldn't have had a Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match where there were maggots in the ring, <laughs> like where, where there were maggots, uh, you know, fo- yeah. photoshopped onto the ring or whatever. Yeah, like it that. wouldn't have happened. Those were real, dude. It was magic. Those were huge maggots. Yeah, dude. Bray Wyatt, bro. Well, then I, I was. Then I take my star rating back. That was five. Stars. You know, it was so funny. <laughs> I look back at my tweets. I was so into that match. Like whenever it was happening, <laughs> I fucking loved it, dude. I have to like, I, like I have to admit when Drake Maverick pissed his pants the other night. I laughed my ass off. Like I hope I, not. I, I'm gonna have to own that. That's less embarrassing than, or that's more embarrassing than what I just said. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and now do for our three counts. F&B Eatery is our third sponsor of the evening. F&B Eatery on 3453 Southampton, part of our South Side Hampton Mafia. Um, like I said the other week, and I'm, I really want to go tomorrow since I got a lot of running around to do. Maybe I should go in the morning and get some breakfast. Anyway, um, you should check them out on Facebook because every day it feels like they've put up something new. They just got a new chef in. They just got um, – they're trying new things. They put out a Cuban sandwich the other day. They that looked did. good. That it looked did real look fucking delicious. good. Um, a lot of new breakfast things coming out. So it feels like I'm – I'm missing something, so I feel like I got to go back in and slide in and, and check my boy Mike out. What's up, Mikey? How you doing? <laughs> and making sure that uh, everything's okay and I'm updated, so that way when I'm updated, that means you're updated. Everything's gravy. Um, like I said, uh, it's, what is the hours of operation closed Monday Tuesday or no Monday Tuesday are closed Wednesday through Friday open from eight to two, and then they reopen from five to eight thirty. Saturday is just Saturday and Sunday are just breakfast hours, eight to two o'clock. Like I said, thirty four fifty three Southampton, F and B Eatery. Check him out. Tell him JCB sent you. Also, he's always Jason's always sharing the uh, information and a lot of uh, specials and stuff like that from them too on the uh, friends of BFR. So if if you need to salivate on Facebook, well, that and um, Band from Ringside podcast as well. Yeah, Either yeah. one, I'm just going to say now that we're going to stumble into it, let's just go over to social media while we're all here. Uh, on Facebook, we are uh, Band from Ringside podcast and Friends of BFR. That's a closed group. Send us an invite; we can get you in. Twitter, we can look around. Uh, BFR pod, BFR JCB, BFR Zach, all lowercase, lowercase, lowercase letters with an H. BFR Bill, BFR Mur with two R's. Uh, on Instagram, we are BFR Pod, and then on YouTube now, Band from Ringside Podcast. Check us out. We're pretty much everywhere nowadays. It looks like everything's working for tees. once. Thank Pro you. Thank tees. you. Thank you. Pro Wrestling Tees. Thank you. There's so much shit going on. Woo. We Now we just got our online store open on. It is the first shirt. The shirt that Murray Man is wearing is now on sale for ProWrestlingTees.com. Go there. Go to the search bar. Band from Ringside Podcast. Bam. You can get one of the many, hopefully, Many T-shirts coming out from us. Um, check it out. Give us the input. Any uh, comments, whatever, it's greatly appreciated. Go. This is banned from ringside. All right, so we got some odds and ends to get to. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to leave this for the end because I think it's important to talk about. Uh, Cody Rhodes uh, was hanging in the uh, owner's box of. Uh, I can't remember his first name, but Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who has been rumored. I think it's Genghis. 
I think it's Shaka. <laughs> Jesus Christ, come on! But uh, uh, he was hanging in the owner's box at the Jacksonville Jaguars game on Sunday, and uh, Mr. Khan has been rumored to be, long rumored to be the uh, investor in the new Cody Rhodes slash Young Bucks AEW promotion. So, um, I don't think this is a work. I think that it would be a long way to go to a work to get a, to be sitting in the owner's box with the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is a mega billionaire. Um, what does this mean, Jason? It's it's coincidence. It's you can play the connect the dot games if you want. It's coincidence. Um, it's it's coincidence. There's not. Maybe why, Co- why else maybe be hanging Co- out with him? Maybe Cody likes football. Maybe Cody Rhodes Cody likes to see a good defensive game. I don't know. Maybe Cody likes punts. That's Ma- why he went to the Jacksonville Dolphins, Dolphins game. game. Nobody <laughs> knows, okay? Who were they playing? Was it the Dolphins? That was a football <laughs> no, joke. I was going to say, I, you know, I don't think it was the Dolphins. It was Sports. basically a, yeah, it was a brutal game. Um, I don't. It means something, but what it means, we don't know. This could mean that they're talking and they're in the negotiations, and God forbid the negotiation breaks down. All we can do as wrestling fans, and I'm I'm speaking as a wrestling fan because I like all things wrestling, is that WWE gets some competition. And I don't care if it's coming from ROH, New Japan, AEW, MLW, Band from Ringside. Whoop, WWE needs a push. Vince needs some sort of fire lit under his ass. That's why we get the bullshit Raws that we get every week because it doesn't matter. They can put it out anyway. People are going to watch. I'm guilty of that. It's to me. It's just coincidence. Talk to me when we get something rolling. Talk to me in 2019. I wouldn't say it's necessarily coincidence, but at the same time, I kind can't of what you're be, saying it can't be coincidence. It's it's not. Uh, it's all ephemeral at the moment. There's nothing concrete. Um, I mean, we have the trademarks, but you know, there's no TV deal, which is what is going to be required to really push this thing uh, to competition and. What's interesting is uh, I don't know if you guys saw the revivals tweet like uh, yes. and the young bucks like yes. hey the young bucks said hey one day we're gonna wrestle the revival and it's gonna be great remember this tweet and then the revival said hey one day we're gonna wrestle the who, young bucks who, who went first which one of those tweets was first I think it was uh, Matt Jackson because I saw revivals tweet first yeah so. and they put the they put a little clock next to it um, there's a lot of WWE talent that are probably feeling like Cody Rhodes felt a couple years ago uh, there's a lot of talent in New Japan, ROH, uh, England, and everywhere whose contracts are up or free agents, and WWE is snatching up everyone they can. Right. That's exactly right, and that is why there's a lot of people that probably feel like Cody felt a, a few years ago because there's so much more talent now on the WWE under WWE contract yep. than there was at the time when Cody felt like Cody, and now there's probably 30 guys that feel like Cody. Well, it's, are, the, it's the passion guys. It's the guys who, who were doing it for McMahon's checkbook. And the revival. What, what I would call the new WCW regime. You know, they, they've got the big checkbook. They can buy up everybody, but there's the guy, like you said, like the revival, that could go somewhere else and they could actually let them do what the fuck they do. And it's awesome when they're able to do what they can do. And they can get over like mad somewhere else, especially under something like Cody and, you know, whatever whatever they're planning, I think they're going to try to make competition for the XFL, Jaguars, and Cody's going to play football. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I told you. Heard, you. you heard it I here first, you. guys. There it is. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Hit it, Andrew. Yes. <laughs> but it is, I mean, I'm just it, saying. it is kind of fucked up when you watch the revival, the revival go out three weeks in a row against the Lucha House Party, which is a basically a kid's gimmick. 
Like Which if you fine, if you, no, right. it's not. No, 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 no. They're squashing. Sorry, sorry, Jason. I agree with Murray. If you want to, if you want to take Lucha House Party out there in a three-hour show to pop the kids fine. and to sell some merch, like too fine. Cool. that's totally fine. Like, fine, like too then cool make it a, make it a six-man tag and yeah. let's just be done with and it. And there's and there's got to be jobbers to it, and but the jobbers shouldn't be the revival. Fuck that's, no, I mean that's no. that's the problem. No, it's bad enough that you're already shitting on the Raw division, the tag division at and least. You, and you know what? If you want to pop the kids, you can pop the kids, but you really don't need. Grand Metalik to do it because no. Grand Metalik is like Zach said a couple weeks ago. Grand Metalik is probably one of the five best workers in the entire fucking company. Yeah, Braun Strowman gets over with kids, so it's not See, this that is where hard. No, I mean that, that. that's I'm a really good, that's no, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. But if you, but I mean, New Day pops the kids too. It also pops a lot of adults that I know too, which makes me wonder about a lot of the adults. Hey, man. When they came out as the brood, don't fuck around. They're my favorite. <laughs> that was good. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I'll eat those pancakes. I don't give a fuck. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, what do you guys think about Dean's promo with the Bane stuff? That we already we already talked about this a little bit. But are are we anti that or are we pro that? No, like, I just I'm, it was weird as fuck. But I feel like it after seeing SmackDown and seeing the D Bryan thing they're kind of both like one's germs and one's the environment like that's kind of weird to me that their heel turns are both kind of similar in that direction i, I don't hate about it that. because it makes it makes dean ambrose kind of stand out again like daniel the new daniel bryan it's setting him aside from the you know the whatever it was he was trying to be prior to this healer face and it's something new for him i like that he should have not come out with the gas you mask. watch it the rest of the guys were fine with no. that but it didn't bother me as much as it bothered a lot of people. It seemed like online. Like I, I, th- I think I'm that Dean. For it. I think that Dean's a great heel. Personally, yeah, he I think they. I think that he was meant to be a heel. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I, I think. think the, I think they're getting a little off the reservation here with the gas mask and things like that. But I also think that if you're forced to be on TV every week, that no, you have hard. to come up. You no. have no. You have. If you're forced to be on TV every week, you you have to start doing. If you want to stay fresh, and it, sometimes there's mis, sometimes there's misfires. God knows that Ronda Rousey's been a misfire, and Nia Jax have been a misfire for most of the time. And so the the only there's only a couple people in the last few years that have been able to handle being on WWE television every week and not fucking it up and not being boring and not being stale. And it's Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins as a heel. Here's my problem with the, with the whole thing you said. It's it's not that hard. <laughs> it's really thing. not that hard. Okay, we do it every uh, every time. You, it's more times than not we come up with an idea. It's an impromptu idea. The idea that I just came up with Drew and Dolph was impromptu. It took me all of three or four minutes to actually sit down, think it out, and do it. If you got people that are Hollywood writers, soap opera writers, shit like that, that means you got to be a smidgen, a smidgen creative. I'm not a creative person. I'm the intellectual guy. I like to think five steps ahead. I need the creativity to the Murray, okay? The problem with this— That's how I describe you to people. Okay, good. (laughs) I'm 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 apparently extra as well, but that's another story for another time. The problem with this— is that you're asking someone that doesn't do long-term booking to book long-term. Vince is flying by the seat of his pants week to week. That's why the first Who doesn't hour, Wait, are you ta- are you saying Vince doesn't do long-term booking? Not yes. well. No, he does not. 
I mean, he, he tries to, but it's not really good. The only I mean, kind of long-term about, booking they might have is, hey, I think we want to have these two guys at WrestleMania, and that's about, about it. About it. Now, how you get there is the question. Yeah, and then they, they, they don't so fuck around. Yeah, yeah he, exactly. you knew that if Roman Reigns, God bless him, if he was still healthy, you know he's a part of the WrestleMania this, main event. That is, is so set ridiculous. in stone. Yeah, now, so who, who the opponent was, we didn't know that. But you know for fact, you gonna tell me you didn't know that Roman Reigns wasn't gonna be the uh, WrestleMania main event this I'm, year if he was he- wasn't healthy. I'm saying oh, that's not what I'm saying at all. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm saying that you're talking about Vince as the he. You're saying he doesn't long term book. That's fine. So Vince as long term booked. Vince is the foremost booker in the world in the universe of all time. The guy's done more book. The guy's booked more wrestling than anybody else of all time. He might not be very good at long-term booking, but he also is trying to please his shareholders in his publicly traded company, so he's trying to please both masters. That's where the problem comes in. If Vince wasn't trying to please his stockholders, his shareholders, then he would be able to long-term book. But I'm saying he knows what he's doing, saying he doesn't know what he's doing. What The problem that comes in is when Vince is trying to book from night to night. If Vince had, if Vince told his writers, I want this at Survivor Series, I want this at Royal Rumble, and I want this at WrestleMania, and then he thought about it like that and let everybody else do all the work, it'd be a lot better. The problem is that Vince is too hands-on. No, the problem is Vince loves his money, and I wish Sam was here so he can play that clip. That's the bottom line. Like you said, it's about the shareholders. It ain't about us. It ain't about, you know, it's really about merch. It's about the WWE Network. It shouldn't be about you. You think it's about you? No, I didn't say it was about me. What did I say? It's not about us. It's about the bottom line. Get Yo, money. Often I, I wonder, and then I and I rethink it as I'm thinking about it in my head, like I wonder if Vince McMahon is regretful at all ever at any point in his life that he went so public and corporate with that company. First answer is no, because I don't he's think a he money has the man. capacity to no, regret. No, he's a money man. And that's no, that, he's he like he's like Trump. Signs. He doesn't. He, he would never apologize for anything. But he's that's a, that's he's a sociopath. That's where I think the line is crossed, though, between him and some of that talent, like we were talking about earlier, because he's just dollar signs and making a television show, while he's putting guys that are on his television show who love to wrestle and entertain the crowd. It's entertainment first wrestling. But the, exactly. The funny thing to me is that the revival came right off of that match with Lucha House Party. And went right backstage and tweeted, yeah. Good. Yeah. one day yeah. we will fight the Young Bucks Good. and everybody they, will rejoice. They elusive the shit out of their Twitter account after that. They just said what the fuck they wanted. Good. No, fire us then. No, good yeah. for, no, fire no, us. No, we'll no, I say they're basically buried anyway. So if you're going to bury me and pay me to do it, then so be oh, it. Right, right. Or you're going to send me home and pay me. One right, way or the other, right. I get paid. What's the best case scenario for the revival at this point? What's the in best the case WWE scenario? Or in general? No, in the WWE. The best case scenario is that they fight on a pre-show match at WrestleMania this year and the next year. They can be the Usos. That's the best case scenario for them. So why wouldn't they go off and go fight in New Japan or go fight in ROH or go fight in whatever AEW ends up being? They're going to make their money. And 
that tweet was correct because when the Young Bucks end up fighting the Revival, be huge. the place will be huge. It'll it be will nuts. be huge because they're all about five foot eight, and they're all watching. <laughs> and, and they're all watching. Ah, Murray's flicking me off because he's five foot eight. <laughs> I'm, I'm about that same five. I was gonna say I think I'm shorter than five eight. Uh, I was gonna say I think I'm five eight. Plus, plus on on that point though, people are watching the Revival and they're having the same conversation we're having that they're being underused so they're watching them get buried Vince McMahon is actually probably helping their career right now by burying them on his show that's a good point just putting more stock in them somewhere yeah. else honestly they should send them back to NXT and they can yeah, that's what I, was I mean yeah. I mean, I mean Zach, Zach's been the biggest revival guy from way back he's I been got the shirt none <laughs> <laughs> Zach's bigger. The shirt. no flips just fists Zach's bigger Wow. He's a bigger fan. Bigger wow. fan. I'm not even fighting about it. He is. <laughs> uh, I, got a, I got a question for you guys. Uh, how mad do you think that Stephanie McMahon was that Paige announced the first women's table ladders chairs match? I like that. And I also liked, I don't think I said this last week, but I liked when she called, did I say this last week when she called Charlotte a bootleg? Yeah, bootleg Becky. Oh, God. When she called Charlotte a bootleg, I was like, that's that really good. good. Um, uh, another thing that I really liked from uh, Raw this week. This is the only other thing I really liked from oh, Raw this week. Shit, that was a good race. We talked to two things I liked about it so far. Heath Slater beat Rhino, and now they're making Heath Slater a ref. And I think this has, I think this has short term potential for being a pretty good angle. Is that Heath Slater? They're making him a referee. If they make him a face referee for a heel general manager, I think that has real potential. It's better what they're doing with him now. He's got kids. And, well, he's he, got kids. Well, that's, I, that's it. Like Heath Slater will never be never be fired from WWE because apparently he is Undertaker's work partner. And like whenever these, whenever the Gingers. whenever the li- <laughs> yeah, go figure. I, I know. Whenever the, whenever the whenever the legends come through, they always work them with Heath Slater because apparently he's like one of the best hands, one of the best taking the bumps. I wish that they would use him more, but I do like the idea. Of Heath Slater as a long-term WWE employee, doing like a year as a ref, like I think that that sounds funny to me. Yeah, I mean he's still in the ring, yes. he's still in the spotlight, he's still on camera. He's he's, o- he's also okay. over. Like when pe- when like when his when his music comes on, he's got kids. Yeah, everybody no, everybody pops a little I, I, bit. I get it. I just it, I've never been a huge fan whatever. to be honest because when the Nexus thing happened is when I started not watching much anymore. So uh, when I first saw him, I was like, eh, nah. He's built like Nexus. Edge, which isn't oh, to say a lot physically. Um, you know, Edge wasn't like the giant guy that Vince loves, but he was somehow. But, like, Heath is just goofy, so I don't mind if he – it's like uh, – No, it's it's, it's it's entertainment. It's WWE. He, he, he's like Hawkins. Yes, In he's sense, very he, much like Hawkins. They both got I actually kids. get him conflated. Except yeah, – yeah. <laughs> <except, laughs> Except when Undertaker comes back, he says, "I want to fight with right, right, Heath right, right. to practice," which I th- <laughs> I think is a pr- like that's a badge of that's got to be a oh, badge of honor yeah. for him, right? He's got a giant Dupree for that. Um, <laughs> he's like he's like fucking Taker <laughs> calls me. <laughs> <laughs> oh Roman, oh you're the you're the, the golden child. I love that. I love that me. Dupree is now the BFR <laughs> euphemism for dick. Yeah. Boners, anything. BFR um, banged up. Go check it out. That's the inside joke. I loved uh, Rusev's backstage promo this week. Yeah, uh, it feels like one of the first times they let Rusev be himself. 
Like, yeah, that when, was good yeah. when he when he was talking about his biceps being uh, double bean burritos because they were so big. <laughs> like, he, he's a goofball. Hashtag and, free Nakamura. <laughs> He's the goofball that can back it up in the ring. I'm trying to think yeah, of a good example of, of somebody in, in the past like that. But. Well, you know. Kurt Angle, really. There's, there's somebody. There's plenty of guys that we can think about. Yeah, like true. That. There's somebody on this podcast that's been pro-Rusev for a long time. I can't. I, I don't know who it is. But, is he uh, a star yet? Uh, I think he's a pretty big star, yeah. Yeah. I think no, he's. No I, I think he's underused. We is that is that true? We can't do it again. I'm just, I'm just asking. We I'm don't just, have just, time, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it always happens. It's always it's always Zach, the poor four year old in the middle, from mom and dad yelling about Rusev. I, I still got to finish my dinner, even though I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> um, we also had Elias and Lashley. I guess that's a few. Do you think that's going to happen to TLC? It doesn't look like it's going to. Uh, supposedly, and yeah, it's on the. I, think I thought it's on they the already card. said. I thought they already uh, announced the match. All right, we haven't talked very much about the women's. I think it's because the women's, the women's. Uh, in uh, Raw, the Raw women's division has been so bad, and it was so terrible this week. Like, do we have to bring it up? Like, we can hold them to the same standards that we hold the men, right? It was fucking awful. No, it was brutal. Nia, Nia Jax is brutal. Teasing, she's awful. They're teasing the fucking... Think, I don't think she's awful. Just They got rid of the Bellas for me and then gave me back Nia. I'm like, what I don't the think fuck she's are awful. I don't think she's awful. I think she's just Why careless. Not? Why careless. Is she not? She's careless. No, no, no. Is she good on the That's mic? Awful. Not pe- not many people are, so no. I, I'm not going to sit up here and, and make excuses for her. Not many people are? That's why I'm asking you. Is she good on the mic? No. Is are the Riot Squad good? Really, only one talks. It's Ruby. She's passable. I mean, was the Alexa Bliss Sasha Banks Bailey's segment that good? Was, come on, that, did we dumb as we fuck. didn't even talk about it last week. But I mean, yeah, it was dumb as fuck last week. It's the same setup this week. I mean, I mean, Bailey fucked up a long uh, a couple times. Like I put that tweet out with Gene Hackman looking into the telescope <laughs> where I said. I'm trying to find Bailey's charisma. She has no charisma. No, she they, they fucking they, sucks. They've officially but killed. But they don't put her in a in good spot. Right. I don't it, mean to cut no, you no, off. No, no, you're Go good because you're on you're on my point. Like they, I they had a lot of steam coming out of NXT. Once they got to the main roster, they still had a decent amount of steam, and that means uh, 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 Sasha too. And I they've gotten to the point now where they started teasing us with shit we wanted and never gave it to us. I don't give a flying fuck about either of them anymore. I'm talking about charisma though. I'm no, talking about Chris. None. Does Sasha have charisma? Yes. Yes. Of course, Sasha yeah. has charisma. Does Bailey have charisma? No. no. Of course not. But she hugs. But okay, but I mean, I would, over there. I would yeah. say t- I would say Tamina has more charisma than Nia like Jax. <laughs> than Nia Jax. Like oh yeah. Just because she Tamina doesn't, doesn't say, anything. say anything and she gives like that one weird look when somebody says something off the wall, I'll give you that. Dude. Outside of that, Nia, I mean, Nia Jax is bad. She's she's she's, she's bad. I don't think she's that. I want to like her. I, I want to like thing. her, but I, I don't. Think, I think we're all hungry for a woman in her position that's big like that. They can dominate like she can, like she's supposed Post to be able here, to. Yeah. But I'm she, hungry for a woman pretty, in that position. You know, she's got. <laughs> I know, right? She's pretty. You know, she's got a lot of things, but she's awful at everything about pro wrestling. Like she, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. she is just the look of that character, but she can't talk. If like she that was character. not the rocks. She Blood wouldn't be there. They, there you She'd go. have never left, left NXT. There she might go. have gotten great in NXT. They might have got they, her there. They in brought NXT. her up too soon. And the fact that she's Rock's bloodline, I yes. think, has a lot to do with it. Let's this. end this on a happy note. Uh, what do you guys think about the Lars Sullivan vignette?
All right, we got some birthdays to celebrate this week. The ravishing Rick Rude. Ah, oh, God, he was great. Age, he would have been age sixty today. He was, he was awesome. Damn, like seriously, was, if damn. you've never read David Shoemaker's book, uh, The Squared Circle, I recommend it to you. The That's chapter, the chapter on Rick Rude, really. Uh, it really underscored how great he was. Uh, Sonny, Tammy Lynn Sitch Ooh, is 46. Dean Ambrose is 33. ACH is 31. He's wrestled a couple friends of the show oh, yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, Signed Mike, to NXT. Michael Cole is 50. Really? Yep, that's it. Damn, yeah, he's been old. around for a long time. Enzo Amore is 32, which means he's only got... 32 to life to spend the rest of his the life dumbest in prison. Guy in the uh, <laughs> Kurt Angle is 50. JTG is only 34. Do you guys know oh, what JTG shit. stands for? I did, but I don't remember. You guys know what JTG stands for? Just too good. Uh, Mysterio Jr. is 44. <laughs> James Ellsworth is 34. Sabu is 54. And Flip Gordon is 27. Hey, everybody, uh, we know. kid would have been 60. Yep. Uh, we, talked about, we, to- we talked about him last week. We, we, I do it every. All the birthdays are up till but Wednesday. He just died. I know. All the birthdays. <laughs> did we not talk about Dynamite Kid? I don't think no. we did. Oh, we should talk about Dynamite Kid real fast. I went back and watched uh, Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask today. Oh, the eighty-three, the, the eighty-three yeah. Mask and Square Garden match. Um, everybody that says it's it looks current. They're close. It doesn't exactly look current, but it looks way more ahead of its time than most of the punch, punch, kick, kick stuff that happened back in the day. Thoughts Damn. on Dynamite Kid? Oh yeah, I mean he, nothing anybody hasn't said before. Total revolutionary, you know. There's precursor to a lot of guys. We wouldn't have a lot of guys without Dynamite Kid. British Bulldogs were one of my favorite uh, tag teams as a kid, and the reason I liked him was the Dynamite Kid. I know yeah. it's a sensitive subject, but, I mean, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit was, was Dynamite was Kid. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I mean, yes. he is the embodiment of that. Ain't no sense in the subject around here. Nah, well, we can talk about no it. And, and, just no like Dynam- and just like Dynamite Kid and Chris Benoit, I think Julie Hart uh, summed up uh, Dynamite Kid best and said he was the best wrestler in the world at the time, and he was also one of the most horrible human beings in the world at the time. Yeah, I mean, so, from what you read about Dynamite, Dynamite Kid, he was not a very cool dude. <laughs> no. Uh, but Bret Hart did say, um, I think back in 2010, I was talking to Jason about this earlier, because I did go back and watch a couple Dynamite Hart, Dynamite Kid matches today, is that uh, Bret Hart said that Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask Pound for pound with the two best wrestlers he had ever seen wrestle. It makes sense to me. And if you go back, you can find them on YouTube. I watched two of them today. I watched one from July of two thousand or July of eighty two and January of eighty three. I watched two of those matches today. People say they look current. They don't exactly look current, but they it's a mixture of the eighties and what you see today. They definitely look uh, way more advanced than most of the matches you'll see back then. So, R.I.P. Dynamite Kid, age sixty, passed away on his birthday, which uh, doesn't happen a whole lot. Hey, guys, we know there's a lot of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you listening to ours and uh, for Soul Taco. Check. For JJ Twigs, for Evan B. Eatery, for Shock City Studios, for Andrew Bushway, Wally Pip, for Murray the Murray Man, Merman, for Two Beers Zach, for JCP, I am Bill Vegan, everybody. It's not just a saying, it's a lifestyle. Boo the heels! Boo!